Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. My name is Mike Haynes, and I'm the Director of Instructional Services at the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District. Today, it's my pleasure to be talking with Mike Wolf, teacher consultant for the Charm Intermediate School District. Mike has 24 years of experience in education, a background that includes teaching high school social studies, special education, service learning coordinator, experiential and outdoor educator, and education consult- consultation. Mike, thank you for talking with me today. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I'd like to start off by asking if you would tell our listeners a little bit about your role and what a teacher consultant really does. All right. So what we do is a really a wide range of things for um, the local school districts. You know, the main thing that we want to put our priority into and our energy into is instructional consultation. Um, we want to be able to offer the supports for teachers to be able to serve the widest range of kids that they can in their classroom. Um, you know, that's a kind of a big general right. overview umbrella thing. But when we break it down on a day-to-day types of things, we are a part of the evaluation team. We work on, um, we do a lot of the observations. We do a lot of the um, breakdown for looking at the educational history for the student, looking in the records, working with the teachers on, on their data, making sure that it's before going into an evaluation that this is an informed decision. Gotcha. So let's go slow, let's inform the decision. Let's make sure that we all feel good that, that all the interventions that are possible have been tried and that we have a true suspicion that this student might possibly have a disability. Sure. Um, other things that we're doing in there, and you know, a lot of uh, a lot of us will play different roles within our teams. And some of, some folks like to quarterback things a little bit as a teacher consultant and help with meeting organization and and making sure things are facilitated within the team. Um, we operate as generalists, though. Mm-hmm. We oper- we were handling um, questions regarding student achievement, data, behavior, math, reading, writing, you name it, anything school oriented, Mm -hmm. we have to become prepared for to be able to handle um, questions related to students who aren't, you know, aren't achieving or are having difficult times with behavior for whatever means, for whatever reason, so. So you're working with a lot of people, students, families, Mm -hmm. uh, teachers, uh, multiple districts, and how many schools are you in? Schools, school districts, I'm in East Jordan, Ellsworth, Beaver Island, um, Charlevoix, and then the privates, so I'm, yeah, I'm all over the place. Well, having been a recipient of support that the like of which you provide, uh, I can tell you that your your work is appreciated. It's I know that the, the at the school level, um, those teachers and administrators always appreciate the expertise that folks like yourself bring. So, mm-hmm. thank you for all that yeah, that work you. and support. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you and I are also connected, uh, part of a team uh, working to support math in our ISD, specifically around what's called the foundations of math. Can you explain? What the foundations of math is? Sure. Um, so, foundations of math was developed out of um, state of North Carolina. Chris Kane and some collaborators really put together a professional development package that was meant to address some math content deficiencies within teachers and. 
and this is not necessarily saying, oh, our teachers don't know math, mm -hmm. um, but we've operated for a long time out of, um, especially in our elementary educational preparation of, you may have one methods class as, as in your teacher prep. And do you necessarily get in there to really break down some of these mathematical concepts that are, you know, there's some depth to that just because you can do math doesn't necessarily mean right. that you can right. teach math. And, you know, and we're also coming out of a history of math being really intentionally focused on being, you know, having to get the right answers, always about getting mm -hmm. the right answer. So and being very algorithm driven and very know your facts have to be based on digits, right. you know, and, and really having to see math through that lens. So foundations of math is a way of really strengthening the content knowledge of teachers. And we find that it's a K-12 experience. Even though mm -hmm. you are a high school math teacher, there's some elements of mathematics that you might not be as is in touch with and I here's an example of it so when we do our uh, foundations of math with a k-12 offering we will have somebody who might teach calculus in there I'm not going to go in there and say I'm going to teach you math mm -hmm. I'm going to we're going to inform you and make sure that you understand the whole spectrum of education within math we want you to understand what subitizing is and why it's powerful and why it's something that these kids are going to be doing in kindergarten first and second but also has an applicable um, situation within your class of being able to automatically recognize quantity. So there's aspects of math that right. all the teachers get out of it. And I really like the, the training for all teachers because we want, in math, we want to know where they came from and know where they're going mm -hmm. and not just be stuck into our grade levels. You know, I work with a lot of teachers who have, I've taught third for, you know, 20 years, and it's so good for me to find out what K through 2 does and then 4 through 12 mm -hmm. does. And so and we go into these concepts quite, quite in depth. Um, it's uh, packaged as a five-day training, one whole days, but we've broken that into 10 half days, and we found that that's a little more digestible um, situation, and we do this over a two or three year period. So that gives a chance for the instruction to happen, folks to go back, try things, dig back into it, come back and reflect on it. Um, the main premise of this is we want, um, we want mathematics to be something that um, teachers embrace and they have, feel capable in being able to teach and, being, and the students sure. get excited about learning. And so we're really basing this off this model of concrete representational abstract. And it's been around for a while, but we're putting it into a really a proto lesson plan prototype. So within Foundations of Math, you have this lesson plan prototype of how are you going to have a concrete experience, which we're going to, I, I like to use the word, you're going to anchor the mm -hmm. concept in the child's mind with an authentic experience. You want context for that math. You want that student to be able to walk away, whether it's the next day, the next week, the next year, and encounter a situation where they can generalize that anchored that anchored math concept and now generalize it to a new sure. novel situation. Transfer it. Yeah. Transfer it. Yeah, we want that to be transferable and be able to generalize that. 
And really that prototype, that lesson plan prototype kind of walks through this whole idea of you got a concrete experience, we want to discuss it. Okay, now we've had this concrete experience and we've been discussing it. How can we represent this graphically? Mm -hmm. And so now we're taking the experience, the discussion, and we're putting this into T-charts and models and coordinate systems and you know, we're, we're putting it into a graphic type of situation of what does that look like graphically? Um, and then we also then go into another discussion format. So all the way through this, this discussion to discuss and have discourse built into the lesson. Mm -hmm. um, the lesson wraps up and actually can start with the representational of adding the digits to that. Then the digits come in. All right, now we've got this thing called the algorithm coming in after we've experienced it, after we've visually represented it, and now we work on the algorithm to make it efficient. Sure. Um, and it doesn't always have to be the algorithm, the standard mm -hmm. algorithm, but we actually put digits to that and, uh, and allow yeah. flexible thinking and students to find their own path to that. I really appreciate that explanation. So, you know, many of our listeners will not know that Foundations of Math, for example, is not a curriculum, it's not a program, but the way you're describing mm -hmm. it, it's really instructional strategies and, and conditions that will promote learning in that environment, right? Yeah. So yeah. I wanna also tap into your role as a teacher consultant, along with your background in math, um, to continue this conversation or, or this topic. How, how does a strong foundation in mathematics, in your opinion, contribute to a student's overall cognitive development and problem-solving abilities. Yeah, so the, I'm basing this, this point and this angle on um, the research of Doug Clements, and it's a, you know, a big part of early math initiative that's going on in the state of Michigan right now. It's a big part of foundations of math and what we do with our learning trajectories and looking at all the, little, the steps in math and um, the age appropriateness of each step. Um, and Doug's research found that early math skills and abilities and learning is a stronger predictor on later school success than reading. Right, right. And so great research, very well done. Um, and you think about it, it, it kind of makes sense of what you, when we look at logical analysis, problem solving. Um, I really like the idea of using what you know to find out what you don't know. Mm. So you've got this idea of like, if I, you know, I don't know how to do this, but I know <laughs> these related things right. that I'm going to be encouraged and nudged towards using what you do know about a subject to help be logical and reason towards what you don't know. Um, you know, the lesson of finding there's there's one more there's more than one way to solve something is a great you know life right. lesson. You know, you you add into that the spatial sense, the spatial awareness that comes with early math instruction and math instruction in general, not just geometry, but there's a, a spatial element to math, being positional direction, shape size, that type of thing. Um, so you think about how our brain develops in that way, coming through these early experiences they can have with, with math tools and math instruction. Um, I, I, the idea of developing working memory, I really mm -hmm. think math is the perfect context for that. 
And, and oftentimes when I'm working with kids or working with teachers, I encourage them to do this thing where you're going to treat working memory. You, you want to teach it intentionally. So you've got a number that you want to keep in your head, student. Okay, put that in a special place in the front of your brain because you're going to come back to that number. Right. And I'm going to ask you to do some more math and come back to that little number that you put in that special place in your brain that holds numbers while you do new things. And so I love the idea of intentionally teaching right. that, that a student knows like, wow, at a very young age, I can put things in a special place <laughs> and I can come back and do more things with my brain and come back and get that special number again. And math is the perfect context right. for that. And, and to start that at an early age, start to, hey, put that somewhere special, you're going to come back to it and have that metacognition being developed at a young age. That's fascinating. I, I've, I've read some of the research that I think you're referring to, too, and it just fascinates me, yeah, again, how many, how many things lead or, or grow out of, of what students learn at an early age regarding mm -hmm. organizing things like numbers or whatever it happens to be that helps us teach these concepts. Are there specific, you've sort of touched on this, but are there specific teaching methods or strategies that you would say are particularly effective in enhancing mathematical skills in students? Yeah, the, uh, you know, I spoke on the, the CRA, Concrete Representational mm -hmm. Abstract, and the idea of anchoring. And those are the ones that I, I really feel like we as educators, especially math educators, really need to you know, hold on to for our lesson planning design and our overall instructional rollout mm -hmm. is, to, is to create experiences that are worth talking about, create experiences that are engaging for students and that have the element of whatever we're teaching. And I'm thinking even more beyond math, but mathematically mm -hmm. especially is, is students learn from these experiences. Number sense comes from experiences. It's not necessarily something we can teach intentionally. We have to create these experiences in the classroom where kids are doing work with and doing games and doing puzzles with you know, benchmarks of five and 10 and understanding one or two more than a number and having a real good visual spatial um, snapshot of what our base 10 system looks like and, and, and how it operates and how we can manipulate the base 10 system from a very young age of experiencing, exploring it. Um, and I think about like the preschool aspect of it of things all around you, the math that's all around you, more or less than, greater than, understanding magnitude, um, being able to take mathematical concepts and add them into a preschool where all of these things exist already. We have patterns, we have shapes, and can we bolster things within the language of the classroom that's gonna really have the math stand out for um, folks that might not have a right. math instruction background? How can we make that easy for a preschool aid to think mathematically within a, a setting or and get yeah. excited about you know bringing some mathematical elements into things that they already have in the class um, I'm excited about when I, one of the things that's really coming about and, and it's gaining a lot of momentum are is a number sense routine called number talks mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent of it and I think it's a wonderful way I mean it, it's basically having um, a mathematical task or situation that the whole class gets to talk about and students get to share their ways of doing things. 
And during that time, the teacher graphically represents in front of the whole class what that student is explaining. So okay. that they not only get a chance to share, they get a chance to listen and they get a chance to, to visualize what another, how another student processes mathematical. Let's questions. dive a little deeper in that then. Yeah. So for the folks that are listening that may not uh, be uh, math content experts uh, or maybe math wasn't a, a favorite experience in school, what, can you t- give me an example of how number talks would, would play out in, uh, in a classroom? Like you started to yeah. talk about that, but how would that really look in a classroom? Yeah, so, you know, and it can be encouraged, it's encouraged K-12 and it would look different, obviously, with the age groups. Yeah. You're not going to have high schoolers come sit on the floor in front of you, that type of thing, <laughs> but some might. But um, having a chance to process a, uh, let's just take a, a multiplication problem. Okay. You can even do, you know, you'll see them as simple as seven times nine. Okay, mm-hmm. some straightforward like that. We're in fourth grade, we're third grade. We're trying to expand the kids' ability to use what they know to find out what they don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. seven times nine. We got you know, seven groups of nine. So kids are going to come at a lot of different angles. Some kids might come up, if I have ten groups of seven, and I take mm-hmm. a group away, now I got nine groups of seven, or you know, vice versa, right, seven right. groups of nine. And so kids will come with it, and there might be some mistakes they made, and I think that plays into the culture that you're also wanting to build in your classroom mm-hmm. of mistakes are good things. We're going to honor these mistakes. We're going to honor um, misunderstandings and say this, this is a, you know, can be a powerful thing because we're really on the motion of looking at these different mathematical mindsets and making sure that we can have students understand that. I'm at a place that other students might not be, and mm-hmm. that's okay. That's okay. We're all on this continuum together. And I think for number talks, the, the culture that you create in your classroom really is important to be able to have sure. students be comfortable with sharing their ideas. So what you're really talking about is uh, getting at the process of learning mm-hmm. versus the actual outcome. You're, you're suggesting that a wrong answer may be a great opportunity to learn how the student processed Mm-hmm. to get to that point and yeah great yeah. you know i'm going to um ask you to weigh in on a, a more current issue facing education today uh, you know a number of years ago there was this debate over whether students should be allowed to use calculators in school uh, and then cell phones and i think that debate's still going on mm-hmm. um, but now there's new technologies um, such as artificial intelligence that is being used in school by students so from your experience what what role if any does AI have in math education. Yeah, you know, and that that could be a whole podcast in its own. <laughs> right. I think, you know, and, and I'm and I'm not settled in my thoughts with this. This is something yeah. that I'm I'm playing around with those ideas also. And some cautionary things that I'm I that I would caution against is, and I and I've heard this in education before is like if you can why teach something that you can just Google, <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, you know we're. We're trying to build math minds. Right. We really are. We're trying. We're not trying to like have find out all the tools that can do the Short thinking pets. for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so if we get to a place, and it depends on what intentionally is being taught. What's your explicit standard or mm-hmm. lesson want to address? 
because if you're if it's something that you want to address the use of tools to solve novel problems and and address big problems within the world and not necessarily building the math mind of an individual, then sure that AI might be that pathway to be able a great tool to do that. You know, and I'm not as well versed as what it can do for math, but I see a lot of apps yeah. that you can take a picture of the equation and it'll give you the answer. You know, and so that's a great use of your technology, sure to solve that, but you're not building Right. math minds within that and I think that's our goal as educators is we want to build the math minds of our students yeah. we really want to allow them to think mathematically without those tools um, but if it, as the student develops and we are comfortable with what their mathematical thinking looks like and they might need a tool to go even farther and deeper into solving some life situations and life goals hey that might be a neat tool to be able to operate from. So I hear you saying it's important that we're in intentional about how and when to use that. So mm -hmm. to check your, to, to find the answer to a problem, maybe that's a good tool after they've figured it out themselves to find out if it's correct, right? Mm -hmm. Versus using that at the beginning to just shortcut. Yeah. 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 Some of them have been pretty interesting. I watched my, my son operate um, through high school math and you know, he's uh, like, so NWA, he'd be probably a 70th, 80th percentile student, not very good at doing his homework, not very good at paying attention. So he's coming to the table with- He some, might be listening to this, by the way. Yeah, that's all right. He knows, <laughs> I'm pulsing right up. And he, you know, but he's got good number sense and he understands mm -hmm. math. He understands math. Yep. And so he was in, I could tell his um, engagement wasn't great in the classroom because he's studying for a test. And he doesn't have a study guide, so he's all over the place. I'm not sure how to do a few things on that. So he would use that, and I think it's called photo math. Yeah. He would take a picture of it, but it not only gave him the, the answer, but it gave him some of the steps and some concepts behind okay. it. Yeah. Not real con conceptual, but more like right. orient him to the steps. So he was using it for a Band-Aid for instruction, but... Um, so you know, are you suggesting that in some ways you could use some of these technologies to sort of autopsy the problem it could to, be, yeah. to help understand? I'm thinking about the correlate, like I'm always watching YouTube videos to learn how to fix something. Yeah. So, you know, that gives me a springboard to start with uh -huh. and then afterwards, yeah. that's what you're saying. Could be an aspect. I don't want it to supplant actually Good point. supporting building some of right. mathematical thinking. Gotcha. You know, and, and I, that's up to us as professionals. We are professional teachers. We can draw that line mm -hmm. saying this is too much. And, oh, this would be a great tool now to right. use in this situation. Well, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of opportunities to talk uh, about this in the next few years. It's probably, it's not going to go away. So, it's uh, not going away. You know, Mike, in this line of work, education in general, um, it seems to be getting more and more complex uh, these days. And I, we've all heard about educators leaving the profession, profession citing, you know, the unprecedented challenges, needing a better work-life balance. Um, I hear a lot of energy in your voice. And I'm <laughs> curious, what, what drives you? What, what do you do to stay energized um, and challenged? And, and, and it, I could take a while on this one, too, because this, <laughs> this is touching on why I'm excited about math. And I can, and I've removed from my language that I'm not a math person. I've taken that out of mm -hmm. my vocabulary. Um, I didn't do well in high school mathematics. I didn't do very well in middle school mathematics. 
Um, I did okay in elementary mathematics, but I never followed the same path mm. that the other students were following to get to the answer. So we had the beginning was the same, the end was the same, but sure. my middle was different. Um, and come full circle, I went through as a teacher to be a Foundations of Math instructor. I've gone through that as a participant, and it lit a fire in me that, um, and, and more than a feeling, a very big fact in education is historically, math education is one of the biggest injustices that we have in our educational system. Being relying on algorithms, being, being relying on surface level things of, it's okay to not truly understand hmm. what you're being taught as long as you can put that right answer in the end. Um, right. So I'm ignited by math instruction. I'm fired up over it. I want to be able to be there for, for teachers to support conceptual math, support ex mathematical experiences in the class. And one thing that's getting me excited about it on a week-to-week -week basis and a day-to-day -day basis is it getting a chance to do that and getting a chance to go in and model math, math, math games for teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, seeing the kids' excitement when you step, oh, Mr. Wolf's here, we're going to do a math game, boom, kids are fired up, and talking about math, exploring math, um, and doing it in an engaging environment that's related to exactly what that teacher was teaching in the class. So I've gotten a chance to do that sure. at some of the schools. You know, I've, I do that in Ellsworth last year. Um, great, um, great experience, really liked it. I got excited every time for it. Um, but have a, had a chance to do that in other classrooms as well. So that's something that's been, and it's not necessarily in my teacher yeah. consultant role, but then, yeah, it is in my teacher consultant role. I, you know, this is something that we need to do differently, mm -hmm. and here's a chance that I get to go in and model this for the, right. for the teachers. So seeing how, how our work plays out with students, sounds yeah. like that gives you a lot of, yeah. A lot of purpose for doing this work. Yeah, and there's you know there's a lot of things I'm excited about that are are in education right now that um, weren't there when I started you know 25 years ago. Yeah. That now we're really shining a big light on, and that gets me excited to be a part of it. So along the same lines, could you mm -hmm. share? Uh, is there a pivotal moment in your experience that shaped your perspective and led you down the path to? Supporting education and math mm -hmm. and, and other subjects through your role as a as an education or a teacher consultant. Yeah, and thinking about this question, um, some of the big pivotal things that happened in my in my uh, teaching career that that sparked some things is I started my career in a uh, in an experiential education charter school that we took kids. Um, was pre pre nine eleven there, and we were able to take kids out of the country. And Where so, was this? This was in Durango, Colorado, okay. called the Community of Learners Charter School, and it was an experiential education um, school that it got me really fired up about creating experiences for kids. Hmm. And from that point, I moved into a program that um, was working. I was a social studies teacher at the time was working with students who, who had been expelled from the school or were at risk of being expelled. And as we worked closer with these kids, we found out there was a there was kind of a thread going on in many of these students of, of significant reading difficulties. And I was trained in the Linda Move Bell reading program 
and got the opportunity to teach that system of mm-hmm. reading, scientific reading, to students who were in high school. So heavy remediation and seeing the empowerment that that was able to create with the kids that could now open yeah. so many doors for. I got, I got hooked on that. I really got hooked on the teaching of reading, teaching of something that has a spark and the kids walk out at the end of that lesson feeling like they're more capable. Yeah. And so being a social studies teacher, you never knew, like, is this kid more capable of any, doing right. anything at the end of my lesson? You're like, I'm teaching history. Are, are, you, are you capable of something different? Mm-hmm. And it was hard to find in social studies. Yeah. yeah, it was hard to do that. But it, I, I got sucked into special education at that time. Okay. And so I went back and from that experience, got my master's in special education. And it's led me down that path. Now I see that new spark and that new empowerment now with math. And I, so I relate the two sure. of where yeah. I'm going in, in my life of, you know, getting into special education from that empowerment of teaching reading, of now taking this next step of, of the empowerment of getting excited about math and ma- having math make sense. Yeah, that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking ahead to the future, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions here. What, what, what are some emerging trends or developments that excite you the most about our work in education? And do you, how do you envision these trends impacting society or bringing out positive change? Um, the biggest one, I think, and our ISD is right on it, and most of the schools are right on it, is the social-emotional learning you know, 25 years mm-hmm. ago when I was getting into this and within my first few jobs within education, um, we we had to kind of pry it out. Let's, well, let's talk about the, let's talk about the social emotional sense, let's talk mm-hmm. about behavior, let's, you know, let's really address this. Um, and it wasn't at the forefront of our educational discussions. Um, so it's going hand in hand with societal needs. Sure. You know, if we don't have to talk too deep on, you know, what's going on with our kids these days and, you know, what's going on with, you know, how are we getting along, our level of, you know, being able to feel good about ourselves and the actions that we take and, and being able to work with others, so. Right, that's That's, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. it is, and, you know, I think that's a big one, the real complex world, and, you know, and within that, I, I see the power of, of mindfulness, of being able to teach a student to be able to understand their body better to be able to respond mm-hmm. to that understanding better and especially when you know I've, I've been on, on the side of it kind of this has been my summer project of, of digging in deeper with the power of breath work so you know within mindfulness and within breathing and being able to and I do it myself when I have a heart condition that I have to be very conscious of my blood pressure when I exercise, I'm very conscious of my breath and I'm teaching myself, I'm training myself to be able to do better with controlling my right. blood pressure right. through breath. And the power of breath to be able to come to support regulation, the earlier we can get students to understand some of these strategies work and to try them. It's not just something some, you know, the Charlie Brown's teacher saying there, you know, <laughs> yeah. that this is that these are good things that you have control over this right. idea of regulation and the earlier and, and we're seeing it, it's rolling out, it's wonderful things and you know, I think we'll see some big results from that. 
Um, we'll talk about things that can transfer or skills that can transfer to other areas. What you're talking about, not only transferring to other areas in learning, but life. And right? life in general, yeah. Wow. So. Mike, is there anything else that you'd like to share in our time today? Um, you know, I think my last little soapboxy thing that, that I always get into with, uh, within Foundations of Math is, you know, just enc encouraging us to take the materials and the curriculum sets and all the scripted educator materials that are out there that are to, you know, follow the scope and sequence, follow the fidelity of things, all very good. I kind of go back to that. We're professionals. Take your values, take your lens of what you want to accomplish with a student. Sometimes you have to step into that. Sometimes you have to step out. Mm -hmm. And you as an educator, developing that knowledge and wisdom and having the values to understand when to step in and out of your curriculum. Sounds to me like you're in the perfect, the ideal <laughs> position to do that. Oh, it's, it, I could say that real quick with you in a podcast. It's bigger than that, but it's, you know, as yeah. we, in an example, like when we're looking at, when we're doing foundations of math work with the teachers, the best timing for that has been before a curriculum set purchase. And I always put the metaphor of you are going to have foundations of math classes look at your set through that because gotcha. you're you want to be be selective yeah. with that you want to you know, and even more than math you know don't do it just out of i like this i dislike this this is valuable for this reason this is not valuable for this reason so it's very thoughtful and you know mike i'm always inspired uh by hearing other people's stories so i, I appreciate that you took the time to share yours today I want to thank you uh, for talking with me and everything that you're doing to support educators in our region. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop.